नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय श्रीमद्भागवतम कंटो वन चैप्टर थ्री टेक्स्ट नंबर थर्टी सिक्स विश्वमोघलीला सवा इदम विश्वमोघलीला सृज्यवती न सज्जते न सज्जते भूतेषु चातर्त आत्मतंत्र भूतेषु चातर्त आत्मतत्व षाडवर्गिक जिग्रतिषुणेश षाडवर्गिक जिग्रतिषुणेश सवाईदमोघलीजत्यवती न सज्जते भूतेषु चातर्त आत्मतंत्र षाडवर्गिक जिग्रतिषुणेश the supreme lord va alternately <coughs> idam this vishwam manifested universes amogha leela one whose activities are spotless srijati creates avati atti maintains and annihilates <clears throat> no not sajjate is affected asmin <clears throat> in them bhuteshu in all living beings so also antarhitah living within atmatantrah self independent satvargi kam endowed with all the potencies of his appliances jigrati superficially attached like smelling the fragrance satguna isha master of the six senses <clears throat> translation the lord whose activities are always spotless is the master of the six senses and is fully omnipotent with six appliances he creates the manifested universes maintains them 
and annihilates them without being in the least affected. <clears throat> he is within every living being and is always independent. This is a very important verse to understand the Supreme Lord. So I'll read the translation once more. The Lord whose activities are always spotless is the master of the six senses and is fully omnipotent with six opulences. He creates the manifested universes, maintains them, and annihilates them without being in the least affected. He is within every living being and is always independent. Purport. <clears throat> the prime difference between the Lord and the living entities is that the Lord is a creator and the living entities are the created. Here, is called the Amogalila, which indicates that there is nothing lamentable in his creation. <clears throat> Those who create disturbance in his creation are themselves disturbed. He is transcendental to all material afflictions because he is full with all six opulences, namely wealth, power, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation. And thus he is the master of the senses. He creates these manifested universes in order to reclaim the living beings who are within them suffering threefold miseries. He maintains them and in due course annihilates them without being the least affected by such actions. He is connected with this material creation very superficially as one smells odor without being connected with the odorous article. Non-godly elements therefore can never approach him despite all endeavors. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadam Mahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Sava Idam Vishwam Amoga Leela here is the description of Lord Krishna and his various incarnations. This particular chapter 3 of the first canto is describing Krishna as the source. Krishna's two Bhagwan Swam. How Krishna is the source of all the Vishnu incarnations and all other numerous incarnations, Shaktyavesh avatar, Guna avatar, so many different avatars, just like in the ocean, the waves are coming. Similarly, Lord Krishna, he is 
sending his own incarnations, his different forms, <clears throat> to this material world continuously. So by which agency he is sending all his incarnations? Because he himself always stays Goloka Eva Nivasati Akhilatma Bhuto. He is always enjoying with his devotees in Golokdam Vrindavan. But at the same time, how he has created the material world and for what purpose he has created this material world. So here in this verse, it is described that actually he has no personal reason to create this material world. He has no personal interest or agenda. He is least interested to gain anything out of this material world. Just like if a rich man is passing through a garbage dump, he has no interest to go into the garbage dump and pick up something. That's the last thing. It's out of his mind. He doesn't want anything out of the garbage dump. He has so much wealth and properties and appearances. So why would he even look at the garbage dump? So similarly, even though Krishna, he creates this material world and he maintains and he annihilates. But for this purpose, he has the agency of the Purush avatars. He takes the form of the three Purushas, Karan Shai Vishnu, Garbodakshai Vishnu, and the Shirodakshai Vishnu. So in this particular chapter, there is the description of the second Vishnu incarnation that Krishna takes. That is the Garbodakshai Vishnu. From his lotus abdomen, when this particular Vishnu form of the Lord is lying down in Garbodak ocean, in Yoga Nidra, that time, the uh, from his uh, uh, lotus springs out from his abdomen, and Lord Brahma takes birth, and then the whole universe is created. Lord Brahma he helps in performing his duty as a secondary creator. So all of this description is already we have studied. Now. In this particular chapter is the description of Krishna's different incarnations and how he is the origin of all these different incarnations. So why Idam Vishwam Amogali? He is creating the whole universe, but he is spotless. Amogalila. His, pa- his pastimes are spotless. Janma Karmacha Medivyam. Evam yoveti tattva tattva deham punar janma so eti ma eti so Arjuna. That uh, he says, Arjuna, the most important thing to learn for you is that my janma karma is divyam. When I come to this material world, I don't take the shelter of the material energy, bhumi the panchma bhut, five elements. Neither I take shelter of the mind, intelligence, and the ego. Everybody else, the conditioned souls, they have to take shelter of the 
external energy maya but i don't take because maya dakshina prakriti suyate sachacharam it is under my order under my superintendence this material energy is working uh, i am the adhyaksha and she is my servant she is performing all her duties on my behalf according to my desire parasya shakti vividaiva shruyate swabhaviki jnana balakriya krishna's multifarious energies very powerful energies so mahamaya is also one of the energies she is working under krishna <clears throat> so krishna does not have to take shelter of mahamaya the conditioned souls they have to take shelter because they have a separate agenda they have some interest and for their separate interest krishna has created this material world on behalf of these conditioned souls and he is running the whole show and he is sending his incarnations so this very great secret is being revealed here how krishna he remains totally unaffected even his incarnations remain totally unaffected because they are also divyam they are also spiritual just as krishna is totally spiritual sachidananda vigraha ishwara parma krishna sachidananda so his body krishna's body is not made material elements it's made of sachidananda eternity bliss and knowledge so similarly is incarnate all the vishnu incarnations are also sachidananda vigraha they have nothing to do with the material energy they don't even touch the material energy it is only the conditioned souls who are not only touching but are wrapped up completely and they're working hard struggling like slaves inside under the order and punishment of material energy so that is the main difference that krishna says you have to understand this evam yoveti tatvata you have to understand tatvataha about me therefore i have created all this vedas upanishads vedanta uh, shrimad bhagavatam all the books that are written by shila vyasdev as is one of his incarnations the purpose is to get the perfect knowledge about who krishna is who are his incarnations what are his energies why the conditioned souls are suffering how they can come out of this suffering cycle of birth and death all of these details are uh, discussed in detail and a pathway is created for the conditioned souls so uh that even though so much of work is being done by krishna and his incarnations he is amogalila he is spotless he is unaffected just like if you pass through a garden there are nice roses in the garden and a cool breeze is humming passing through the roses entering in your nose and you smell it and you think it's nice very good 
but you have no desire to go into the bushes of the rose bushes no you're just uh, passing through so similarly <clears throat> krishna has no personal agenda therefore he is called amoga leela all his past times are connected with the spiritual events spiritual enjoyment all his pastimes are created for the benefit of his devotees to make his devotees happy he is creating is performing different pastimes so therefore he is called amoga leela so how he is the owner of everything controller of everything and is full of six opulences that is being described here in this particular verse and in this particular chapter is described what are the different incarnations so as i said a first one is a purush three purush incarnations to create this material world and particularly the garbhodakshai the second vishnu from whom the lotus stem lotus flower rises from his abdomen and lord brahma takes birth so what happens after that his different so many incarnations are there but shukdev goswami he is describing only the main ones not all of them cannot be described it would be very big volume already bhagavatam is 18000 verses so he is enumerating some of the important incarnations who is the first one after lord brahma the four kumaras are mentioned here in this chapter the four kumaras are sanak sanatan sanandan and sanat kumar they were uh like the gyanis they have no interest whatsoever in this material world even though they took birth from lord brahma they showed no interest they just went into the forest and performed tapasya meditation so they are the first one second is the boar or varaha incarnation varaha, varaha is the boar uh and the krishna took the form of the varaha in order to bring up the earth bhumi devi out of the depth of the uh, muck of the garbhodak ocean because hiranyaksha had created this situation and uh, the earth was inside so he brought with his tusk he dug dug it out and he brought back into the orbit so that is boar incarnation third one is devarshi narada narada is also very special devarshi the greatest of the sages so what is his contribution as one of the incarnations shaktavesh avatar of lord krishna narad muni he is considered as the father of devotional service and he gave narada pancharatra how to worship the deity form of the lord 
the deity worship that, that we perform in our ISKCON temples is based on the principles of Narada Pancharatra, that, uh, uh, the principles that are given by Narada Muni and also Narada Bhakti Sutras. So, uh, Narada Muni has uh, contributed in many different ways, but this is his main contribution that is being mentioned in this particular chapter. Then the fourth incarnation is the Nara Narayana. The two great sages, Nara and Narayan in Badri Kashram, who are the sons of Murti. The mother's name is Murti and father's name is King Dharma. They are uh, the two great sages who went to Badrikash Himalaya mountains and performed tapasya to show the path of purpose of human life. Tapa. Control your senses. How you will control your senses? If you want to learn, then you can learn from Narayan Narayan Rishi. So Arjuna, devotee of Krishna, he became Nara Rishi. And Krishna himself, his name was Narayan. And their uh, parents' name is also mentioned in this chapter. Then the fifth incarnation is the Kapil Dev, Devahuti Kapil. Mother's name is Devahuti, father's name is Kardam Muni. And the Kapil Dev incarnation particularly propagated Sankhya philosophy, Sankhya Yoga. All the computer people, they should thank him. Because these computer sciences, they are uh, derivative of the Sankhya philosophy. Kapil Dev, he actually is the original propagator of this Sankhya Yoga he gave. And uh, that is metaphysics. So <clears throat> that is also... Uh, and discussed briefly in this chapter and then later on in much more detail about the contribution of Kapil Dev, Lord Kapila. Then the sixth incarnation is Dattatreya. Dattatreya is the son of Mother Anasuya and the sage name is Atri. There's a particular pastime of Dattatreya how he took birth because of Anasuya. She was such a pious and great lady. And she made Lord Vishnu, Lord Shiva and Lord Brahma combine together and take the form of Dattatreya. And later on Dattatreya, he preached to Alarka and Prahlad Maharaj and some great personalities about the purpose of human life, how to make your life successful. Uh, and uh, he performed mystic yoga. Uh, there are different pastimes. So that are discussed in detail also later. But here is in this chapter is a mention of the Tatraya. Seventh is the Yajna. Prajapati Ruchi. Ruchi and Akuti is his wife. One of the Prajapatis. They are the parents of Yajna. And later on, this Yajna incarnation took the form of Indra to rule over the demigods. 
Because after Lord Shiva Brahma, the third most important responsible personality is Indra. He's in charge of the water department. So sometimes when there is no qualified living entity available to take the post of Brahma or um, take the position of, of Indra, etc., then Lord Krishna can send his own incarnation. So this particular instance, uh, he is sending his incarnation as Yajna, is known as the Yajna. That is the seventh and the eighth one is Rishabdev. Rishabdev is also very important personality in Srimad, in the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam because he particularly gave the example <coughs> that if you perform your duties properly in your own ashram, in your own professional background, as a householder or as a brahmachari, one person, yasi, etc. Then how you can achieve perfection in your own ashram and uh, achieve the stage of paramhamsa? So he gave the example, even though he was the king, but he became paramhamsa, he went to forest. So he gave the very important example of showing path of perfection. Uh, in any ashram you may be, but how you can achieve your perfection in life? So the main emphasis Rishabdev gave tapa, uh, that perform austerity and sense control. Indriya nigraha, how to control the senses. These are the two very important aspects if you want to make progress in spiritual life. If you want to know who you are, self-realization, if you want to know God-realization, who is God, not superficially but completely, thoroughly, then Rishabdev can help you. Because he helped his hundred sons, Tapodivyam, Putrakayana Shuddhet, Satvam, if you want to be on sattva platform, perform divya tapasya. <clears throat> in any ashram you can perform. Prabhupada has given us the process that in itself is perfect tapasya. If you follow the bhakti yoga process given by Prabhupada, then you are already following Rishabdev and all the teachings of Srimad Bhagavatam because he simplified the whole process. There is Bhagavat Vidhi and there is Pancharatra Vidhi. Prabhupada, he gave us two different Vidhis. We'll discuss a little bit about that also. Then, after Rishabdev came the ninth one, King Prithu, Prithu Maharaj. He cultivated the land, the whole earth was barren. No fruits and flowers, no grains, people were hungry. So he cultivated the whole earth planet, made it very green and fertile. And people were very happy during his reign. So that is the uh, Prithu Maharaj example that he showed. That if you work hard to satisfy Krishna, then you can make everybody happy by uh, making Krishna happy, 
you can also make all the people happy. So he created this atmosphere of happiness. People, hungry people, they got so much grains, so many nice fruits and flowers to offer to the deities. Everybody, the whole world became very happy in Prithu Maharaj's time. Because before him, Vena, King Vena had created havoc. He had, uh, he was like a destroyer, massive destroyer. So, Prithu Maharaj came and he corrected the situation. So that is being mentioned here. Then the tenth incarnation is Chakshusa. Uh, in the time of Chakshusa Manu, at the end of Chakshusa and in the time of Vaivashvata Manu, Lord himself took the form of fish incarnation, uh, the Drita Meena Sharira. So that fish, big, gigantic, he came as a small fish in the Kamandalu of the king, Satyavrata. And then he was becoming bigger, bigger. Finally, he was transferred to the ocean. Then he said that, my dear king, now there's going to be pralaya, devastation. So you create a boat and gather up all the nice vegetables and seeds and grains and uh, the, call all the great sages and the great personalities. Get on the ship because the waves of devastation will inundate the land. There will be no land. So I will protect you. You tie the rope uh, of the boat with me and I'll take you to the safe place. So <clears throat> that was his promise. The fish was speaking because Krishna, he can become any form and he can still speak. So it's not like how some people may think, oh, how the fish can talk to the king. But Krishna, as a fish, even when he took the form of Govardhan Hill, he was talking to people, the devotees. And people were thinking, Govardhan is speaking? The mountain is speaking? How is it? So Krishna can talk in any form. He can take any form that is required for his devotees. And he can talk to them also. In his deity form, he is always talking to us. But uh, our transmission lines are blocked up. So we think, oh, deities are not talking to me. They are just standing. They are they're smiling, they are talking, everything they are doing. But uh, we are still, uh, as long as we cannot see it, uh, so therefore, it is recommended that we, because we cannot see the transcendence, the spiritual reality, so therefore we have to take the Shastra Chakshu. We have to <coughs> uh, see from the books, from the scripture, from Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita specifically. And the way the Guru Maharaj is teaching us how to Study how to hear. That is called Shastra Chakshu. So we learn specifically, get training like little children. They go to kindergarten, then go to the first grade. They get trained up gradually. So Bhakti Yoga process for that purpose. To open our Divya Chakshu, first we have to take the Shastra Chakshu. Then our divine eyes can open, divine vision can open up. And we can see everything. Clearly, properly. 
till that time we have to go with 100% dedication how my guru maharaj wants me to understand this most important matter how to perform every activity according to uh, the way he is teaching me according to the way uh, bhagavad gita bhagavatam is teaching so that hearing process is the most important once the hearing is perfect then kirtanam comes and when the kirtan becomes perfect then automatically you are entering into smaranam vishnu you can remember krishna 24 hours even if you want to forget him you cannot forget him because now your smaranam is activated this is the third stage of bhakti devotional service so first is hearing the hearing becomes perfect then kirtanam that becomes perfect then smaranam automatically is activated so uh, uh here uh, particularly the fish incarnation is mentioned and the fish is talking to the king how to save himself and the great sages and everything so when the new creation takes place then everything can again start on a good note everything can again uh, become very nice so that was the purpose then the 11th incarnation is the tortoise lord krishna took the form of a very gigantic tortoise and the purpose was not for him there was a little purpose for him propad mentions that he wanted to scratch his back so that was his personal idea but the main purpose that is mentioned in bhagavatam is that the demigods and the demons the devotees and the atheist people they wanted to churn the ocean and bring out the nectar so many things came out finally the nectar came so anyway uh, but the mandarachal hill that was the pivot put on this gigantic tortoise form of the lord and these demigods and uh, demons they uh, and they worked hard to get the nectar so that is the tortoise incarnation and then is the 12th is the dhanvantari the great ayurveda ayurvedic the father of ayurveda dhanvantari is the one who came out of this churning of the ocean one of the there were so many people and so many things came out but uh, dhanvantri is one of them and uh, he uh, uh, had the herbal he gave the whole science of herbs ayurveda so dhanvantri uh, incarnation is very important if you want to remain very healthy strong and stout physically mentally everywhere then you can pray to dhanvantri he can make you very powerful so <clears throat> that is the 12th incarnation and then 13th is the mohini murti because the nectar came out finally and they were fighting so krishna took the form of the most beautiful woman that you can imagine and everybody was attracted by her the demons and the devas all wow we are beautiful but we have never seen so much beauty 
how a girl can be so beautiful, 16-year-old girl. So, because Krishna is divine, so his incarnation is also divine. So he had the divine beauty in the form of the a beautiful girl, um, Mohini Murti. Everybody got attracted, finally. Mohini Murti arranged for the demigods to drink the nectar, Amrita. Then the 14th incarnation is mentioned is Lord Narsingadev. And that is in the time of Hiranyakashipu. We know already, we sing every day. Lord Maharaj, the great devotee, five-year-old boy, he was saved and protected personally by Krishna coming in the form of Lord Narsingadev. So, Prahlad uh, Maharaj was saved from his father, Hiranyakashipu, the great atheistic personality, very cruel personality. Uh, but Prahlad Maharaj, because of his full dedication to chant the holy names, he was fully protected always. And then finally, Krishna came from the pillar as Lord Narsingadev to fight with Hiranyakashipu and kill him. So, that pastime is also <clears throat> there in Bhagavatam, seventh canto. Here it is mentioned in the third chapter, just the enumerated. And then the fifteenth incarnation is Vamandev. Keshavdrita Vamanarupa. Bali Maharaj was performing the sacrifice and his Guru Maharaj Shukra, Shukracharya was the priest. But uh, Vamandev came as a brahmachari, young boy, eight-year-old, nicely decorated. Krishna is always the most beautiful personality, so as a Vamandev also he looked so beautiful. Bali Maharaj, as soon as he saw him, he fell in love with him. He said, I have never seen such a beautiful boy in my life. What do you want? You are a Brahman boy. Why have you come here? What do you want? He said, my dear king, you are such a pious, generous king. I only want three steps of land. And Shukracharya said, don't give him. He's going to cheat you. This is Vishnu. He has come to take everything from you. Don't listen to him. Bali Maharaj said, if the Lord has come and I don't listen to him, how is it possible? If he wants everything, fine. <clears throat> I don't want my reputation ruined. And particularly, this is, if he is the Supreme Lord, fine, he can take Everything belongs to him anyway, so he can take. So Bali Maharaj did not listen to his own guru, Shukracharya, and he gave, uh, he promised, and then Vamandev became Virat, and he became big, humongous form, and with his two steps he covered the whole universe and penetrated the layers of the universe and his foot went into the uh, ocean, uh, Karan Ocean and uh, 
from Karan Ocean drops and the water of Karan Ocean came down in the universe as yes? Ganga, river Ganga, flowing down from Karan Ocean into heavenly planet, then into earth planet, and then lower. So like that, uh, and then third step, Bali Maharaj said, I've given you everything, you still have one more step, so put it on my head. Sarvatma Stapane Bali. So Bali Maharaj dedicated himself fully to the service of the Lord. Even though he was born in demon family, but he was grandson of Lord Maharaj. So he had so much devotional qualities and he was able to surrender. So his teaching also surrender. Pamandev, his pastime is there in detail. Then 16th is Brigupati Parshuram, when the politicians were corrupt and torturing people. So 21 times Parshuram killed, annihilated these powerful politicians and kings. So that pastime is there, Parshuram. Brigupati. Then the seventeenth uh, incarnation is Vyasadeva, Mahamuni Vyas. <clears throat> Mahamuni Vyas is particularly very important for us because the literatures that we study under the care of Srila Prabhupada and Iskand, they are written by Vyasadeva. He compiled the Four Vedas, Upanishads, Pura, 18 Puranas, 108 Upanishads, Brahma Sutras, Mahabharata, so much literature. Then finally, he wrote Srimad Bhagavatam. So, yes, that is very important. Just as Narad Muni is very important as an incarnation. Because Vyasadeva wrote Srimad Bhagavatam under the instructions and guidance of Narad Muni, his Guru Maharaj, his spiritual master. So Narad Muni is teaching this uh, Bhagavat Marga and Pancharatra, Bhagavat Vidhi and Pancharatra Vidhi, both. Narad Muni is the origin originator. Because Pancharatra Vidhi he wrote himself, he gave how to worship the deity form of the Lord. And the second track is the Bhagavat Vidhi. How to study Srimad Bhagavatam. So that instructions he gave to Vyasadeva and Vyasadeva wrote Srimad Bhagavatam according to instructions of Narad Muni. So we are following both Pancharatra Vidhi, Titi worship, and Bhagavat Vidhi, Srimad Bhagavatam, studying Srimad Bhagavatam. And the originator is Narad Muni, and Vyasadeva wrote, and as a disciple, he wrote according to the instructions of Narad Muni. So uh, if we follow both these processes, Bhagavad Vidhi, Bhagavad Vidhi also includes the chanting of the holy names uh, and particularly the chanting process 
the Hare Krishna Mahamantra that is the process that is perfected by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by his own example and by his instructions, Sikshashtakam. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is teaching us exactly how to chant Hare Krishna and under him, the Guru Parampara, all the great spiritual masters, all the way to Bhakti Vinod, Gorkishore, Babaji Maharaj, and then uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Sati Maharaj, and then Prabhupada, <clears throat> all the gurus. So, uh, this disciplic succession is teaching us also how to chant Hare Krishna. Particularly, we follow Prabhupada, he's teaching us how to chant Hare Krishna and how to study Srimad Bhagavatam. These two most important things in the Bhagavad Vidhi. We are learning from Prabhupada and from the Guru Parampara and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that is Vyasdev. And then 18th is the Ram, Lord Ramchandra, who is the husband of Mother Sita. He took birth in Ayodhya, Ram Janma Bhumi, Ayodhya. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> then uh, he was sent to Vanvas. And that time, Mother Sita was kid- kidnapped by Ravan in Sri Lanka. So he built a bridge, very long bridge that no engineer or architect has been able to duplicate. Floating bridge across from India to Sri Lanka. And uh, uh, then he fought with Ravan and his army and killed him and released Mother Sita, brought her back. So that incarnation of Lord Krishna, Lord Ramchandra, is enumerated here, is the 18th. 19th is. Lord Krishna himself in the end of Dwapar Yuga, he came with his brother Balaram, Krishna Balaram. Even though Krishna is to Bhagavan Swayam, once in a day of Brahma he comes. So this time he came in this Yuga cycle at the end of Dwapar. And then again he came as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Kali Yuga, right after that. So. There's a gap of 4,500 years between Lord Krishna coming twice, coming as Krishna and coming as Lord Chaitanya. And that happens only once in a day of Brahma, that is 8.6 billion years. Otherwise, he sends all his Vishnu incarnations. He doesn't come personally. His Vishnus are coming. So this is very special, 19th. And then 20th is Lord Buddha. Kapil Vastu. He was born in the Gaya province, Lord Buddha. And he uh, gave a particular process of enlightenment in order to delude the atheistic people, because atheistic people, they don't want to accept the existence of God. So Lord Buddha said, okay, I'll give you a process by which even though you may not ac- accept the existence of God, but still, at least you will be able to understand something 
and you will become my follower. And since I am an incarnation, so you will, anyway, you will get some benefit. So he deluded the atheistic people by giving the Buddhist philosophy. Then 21 is the, finally at the end of Kali Yuga, uh, he is taking the form of Kalki. And uh, his father's name is Vishnu Yasha in South India. He comes takes birth and uh, then he annihilates the impious politicians uh, and uh, because the world has degraded so much under the influence of Kali. We can even see now how much degradation is already there. So imagine at the end of Kali Yuga what would be. Twelfth Canto Bhagavatam describing what will be the situation and what Kalki Avatar will do. So that is being enumerated here as the 21st incarnations. So, <clears throat> even though Krishna is taking so many incarnations and so much information is there about himself and his incarnation, his, his shaktis, his uh, um, energies, everything is there. But some people, they're so stubborn. Krishna says in 9-11, Bhagavad Gita, Avajananti mamura manushim tanumashita. When I come to this world, people think I'm an ordinary manusha. I'm just an ordinary human being. That's all. Avajananti. They don't know the reality. They don't know my devious varup that I come in my own original form that is existing forever in the spiritual world, in the same form I come. But they cannot recognize me. Avajananti. Muda, because they are muda, they are foolish. Manushim. Param bhavam ajananto. How I am the param, I am the supreme. They don't know. Mama Bhuta Maheshwaram, I am the controller an owner of all the living entities, all the liberated persons, all the conditioned persons, all the incarnations, everything is coming from me. 7-7, he says, Matta Parataram Nanyat Kinchidasti Dhananjaya Sutre Mani Gana Iva Vai Idam Protam Sutre So, there is nobody beyond, above me, there is nobody equal to me. Asam Urdhva. Krishna says, I am the original supreme. Everything is coming from me. Just like in a pearl, pearl necklace is strung. All the pearls are hanging by the support of the thread. So similarly, everything is existing because of my support. I am supporting everything and everybody. I come by my own spiritual energy. Even though I am unborn, I appear to take birth and I have parents and everything. So people get confused. So to remove their confusion, I have created this literature, particularly Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam Krishna says, Vedesha Sarvai Ahameva Vedya. That the purpose of this 
all the Vedas, Vedic literature is to know me completely, Tattvataha. How I am the Supreme and how you are my part and parcel, Jivesarupa and Nitya Krishna Das, you are my eternal part and parcel. And you can get your Atma Swarup back, you can get your Swarup Siddhi. And you can also get the uh, what is called God realization. You can understand me, Krishna says, and you can understand yourself. You can understand our relationship, our friendship, everything you can understand. If you take up this process, Bhakti Yoga process, very seriously and sincerely, given by the bona fide spiritual master, if you accept it thoroughly, completely, dedicate yourself in the service of the Guru. You can definitely understand me, you can understand yourself. The whole picture will become clear-cut to you. Otherwise, avajananti. You will never be able to understand, you will always be confused. Sanshayatma vinashat. You will be filled up with doubts and you will destroy yourself. So, Lord Krishna is giving the whole process and he is also giving the technique how to take shelter of the Guru and understand the reality. So this is the uh, summary of this uh, third chapter and this is the summary of the text number 36 where Krishna is described as Amogalila. His spotless personality, his totally spiritual personality and he's performing his beautiful pastimes for the benefit of his devotees. And, of course, the whole world gets benefited. Anybody who comes in contact with Krishna or his devotees, they definitely get the benefit. So, I will stop here. If you have any questions or comments. Please uh, feel free if you want to uh, say anything or ask anything or contribute for this verse. Sava idam vishvam amogalila sarjatya vatyatina sarjate svin bhuteshu chantarhita atmatandra shadvargikam jignati shad gunesha. The Lord whose activities are always spotless is the master of the six senses and is fully omnipotent with six opulences. He creates the manifested universes, maintains them, and annihilates them without being in the least affected. He is within every living being and he is always independent. He is swarat. He is always independent. Namam karmani limpanti namaya karma phales priha iti yobi janati karma bhi nasabhadyate Krishna says, I do all these things, I take in and everything, but it doesn't, nothing affects me, I'm unaffected, because I have no interest, I have no personal agenda. I'm doing it for the benefit of these people who are suffering, how to release them out of their suffering. That's why I'm doing all these things in the material world. So anything would you like to... Doubts, yes.
how we can remove the doubts. This is the most important thing. Uh, most important question in the whole discussion is that how we can remove our doubts because as long as we have doubts of our path, there's a blockage. Doubt comes as an obstacle or a blockage. <clears throat> so in the process of bhakti yoga, there is a very particular process that is given to us to remove the doubts. And that process, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he has described it very nicely. It's in Chaitanya Chaitamrita. And uh, Rupa Goswami has particularly discussed it very thoroughly, scientifically. How to remove the doubts or the obstacles that come on our path. Because doubts are like demons. And if we don't remove them, uh, our path will be blocked. Uh, at least temporarily, till we are able to find a solution. So, when we are performing bhajana kriya, after sadhu sangha, we perform bhakti yoga process, then there will be doubts and unearthers. There, there will be obstacles. So, in order to remove these obstacles, we have to work hard in the bhakti yoga process. That is called parishram. And second thing we have to do is depend completely on the mercy of Krishna. That Krishna, my dear Lord, you please help me. I am working hard to remove these doubts and so many devotees are helping me. Guru Maharaj, everybody is helping me to remove my doubts. So that is very good. But I need particularly your help. So Prabhupada says that you have to ask for Krishna's help. And for that particular purpose, you have to take full shelter of Krishna book. You have to read Krishna book up and down, up and down. All the demons that are killed by Krishna, they are the biggest obstacles and biggest doubts that are sitting in our heart. Along with the six enemies, Shadripu, Kamukrod, Madlob, Mohammed, Sarja, Lust, Lust, Anger, Greed, etc. So, in order to remove all of these unwanted, troubling, troublesome things inside our heart, which are coming up, popping up as doubts, we have to take full shelter of Krishna book and read again and again how Krishna is killing these doubts, the killing these demons. And the demons that are killed by Lord Balaram, particularly, like Pralamba Sura, Denuka Sura, Vivida, etc. These are the ones that we have to work hard to remove them. But the, the, the demons that are killed by Krishna, they are removed by Krishna himself. So that is the difference. So we have to learn how to take full shelter of the lotus feet of Krishna and take shelter of, the, of Krishna book and also Srimad Bhagavatam, but particularly Prabhupada said Krishna book, in order to remove the doubts and obstacles on your path of devotion and service, you have to take full shelter of Krishna book. All right? Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam ki? Yeah. Srila Prabhupada ki? Yeah. Hare Krishna. Radha Kalachanji Bhagavan ki? Yeah. Vancha Kalachanji. Kripa Sindhu, Patita, all the rest of it. Jai Prabhu.